So we're just starting 2021. So this is the first weekend of 2021. I do want to mention again the prayer focus that is uh, January 3rd through January 9th, 2021 through uh, the National Assemblies of God. And again, if you look at the uh, sermon notes online for this sermon, you can have access to these sermon notes. They start again Sunday, January 3rd. So that's right now. And then go through this next week covering a whole bunch of different topics. And I encourage you to be part of this week of focused prayer to start off 2021. Then I also want to encourage you to participate in our Take 5 initiative. This is something that we'll be launching formally in two weeks. And uh, basically the idea is let's take five minutes to pray for five people. And that's it. It's just that simple. If we all take five minutes to pray for five people, then thousands of people are going to get prayer. Everyone who comes to church can get prayer and thousands of people outside the church can get prayer. If we have that many people getting prayed for every day, what do you think 2021 is going to bring for our area? That's the take five initiative just takes five minutes each day for you to pray for five people. So I very much encourage you to participate in that. And again, check out the website for details with that. We are starting a new series to start off the new year, and we're going to call it Reboot. I don't know how your 2020 went, but for me, I'm ready for something different. I'm ready for something new. And uh, I'm so looking forward to a better year in 2021. Now, I am computer literate. I can check my emails and I can do things things on the computer, but sometimes it just isn't working right. And at that point, I don't know what to do. The only thing I know to do is to reboot. I can shut the thing off, turn it back on. And sometimes I just have too many windows up. I just have too much going on in my computer. And if I just shut everything down, reboot, it comes back and it works. There's times on my phone where I'll probably have 30 windows open, not even realizing it. My phone isn't working and is doing weird things. It's like, oh, got to get rid of all these windows and reboot, restart. Go back to those factory settings and grab a hold of how it's supposed to work from the beginning. And it seems to me like church, society, probably each of us individually, we need a reboot. We need to just go back to uh, the normal way of things, go back to a clear view of what's happening. So let's get back to that. Let's reboot here moving forward in 2021. So every year uh, at this time, we cover our vision statement, which is reach up, rise up, reach out. This is our compass. This is what we're about as a church. We have this vision statement to keep us on track because it's so easy to get off track. It's so easy to get distracted and dealing with a variety of different things rather than really focusing on what God has us as a church to do. Now, as a church, we're about reaching up, about connecting with God, because a real relationship with the living God is available to you. And we want to share that message with people and help them make that connection with God, either for the first time coming to faith in Jesus or that continual abiding in the vine, staying connected with God. That's why we spend time in worship. That's why we spend time in prayer. That's why we look into the word is because we're reaching up to God because a real relationship with the living God is available to us. And then rise up, 
a real relationship with the living God will change you. We're called not to stay the same, but to be growing and becoming and learning and getting better. The fancy word is sanctified, sanctification. It's the process of Christian growth, getting good at following Jesus. And so we want to rise up. We want to get better at following the Lord. This is also the idea behind discipleship, learning to be a disciple of Jesus, seeking the teachings of Christ in the word, having believers to walk through life with, to help each other get stronger. We want to rise up and then reach out. A real relationship with the living God is a call to action. We want to make a difference. We're called to make a difference. Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That means that there's lots of opportunities to make a difference, to make this world a better place, both through showing the love of God in variety of ways and by connecting people to God. So there's all kinds of different ways we can reach out and we want to make a difference in this world. We're called to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. And this past year, 2020, there's been a whole lot of distractions, a whole lot of things pulling our hearts and our minds this way and that. And that's why I think we need to reboot and refocus and make sure that we're about connecting with God, growing in our faith and making a difference in this world. When we work together, we can see things like missions and, you know, outreaches and discipleship programs. All these things work because we're working together. Reach up, rise up, reach out. Now today, I want to cover Jesus' teaching on getting the plank out of your eye. I think this is an important rebooting exercise to consciously look for the plank and try to get the plank out of your eye because 2020 was full of heart pitfalls. Christians that I know that were very pleasant and easy to work with a year ago... (laughs) through 2020 were unpleasant and hard to work with. You could see anger and resentment and pride and just yucky stuff coming up among the brothers and sisters. And these heart pitfalls are difficult to avoid if we're not paying attention. And what we need to do is make sure that our heart is right and that we clean out our eyes so that we can see the right way. Jesus said something profound in Matthew 6, 22 and 23. And I've read this a few times recently, and I want to just kind of focus on it a little bit more. Here in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 22 and 23, Jesus says this. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness... How great is that darkness? Jesus here is describing that picture of if our eyes are good, our whole body will be full of light. So when we look out into the world, what do we see? What do we understand? What do we have in our hearts? You know, when we look out into this world, we see a lot of things that are challenging and are difficult. These are those heart pitfalls and our hearts can be brought into a place of being angry, of being upset, of being indignant, which uh, indignant is when you're all upset over things that you don't understand. Now, this isn't what we want. We want to be full of light. 
When Jesus looked out into a broken world, he didn't get all upset and angry and disgusted with all these mistakes and failures. Instead, his heart broke and he had love for those who needed to be brought into the truth. And he wanted to bring light into darkness. And that's where we need to be. We need to have our eyes right to have our eyes in the right place. And if we've got a big plank, if we've got things that are in the way of our vision, then our eyes aren't going to be good. They're not going to be generous and our body's not going to be full of light. Instead, we're going to be full of the things of this world, full of misinformation and anger and hate and bitterness and just being jaded and bitter. And that's not what we want to be full of. We want to be full of faith. Trusting that Jesus is going to bring us through this. We want to be full of love and forgiveness and hope. We want to be full of these good things. So we need to have eyes that are good, eyes that are generous. So let's read a little bit from the beginning of Matthew chapter 7 and a little bit from the end of Matthew chapter 7. We were just in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 7 is still in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is still teaching this large group of people. And let's put these two things together And then throw in something from Matthew 6 again for good measure. So Matthew 7, 1 through 5, and then we'll read 24 through 27. 1 through 5, Jesus says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Jumping to verse 24, Jesus continues, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So Jesus is saying that we need to not judge others Because in the measure we use, it will be measured to us. So if we're unkind, ungenerous towards others, then that's what God is going to dole out to us. And that we need to take the plank out of our own eye to get our vision clear before we try to fix other people. And that if we actually put this into practice, that then that will be like building our house on a firm foundation. When the storms come, when the difficulties are there, the house will stand. But if we fail to put this into practice, the house will be built just the same, but it'll be built on a bad foundation. When the storms come, it will fall. And let's throw in Matthew 6, 14 and 15 for good measure. This is still in the Sermon on the Mount back in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says this right after giving the Lord's Prayer. If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. So couple this with the plank thing and then realize if we put this into practice, we're building on a firm foundation. If we don't, the house will crash. The foundation will crumble and it won't work. So do you believe the promises in the Bible? Amen. I hope you do. I believe the promises in the Bible. 
Some of them are very, very good, very wonderful promises. But the promises that Jesus makes here in the verses that we read in Matthew 6 and 7 are that if we don't do these things, our house will crash. If we don't forgive other people, that we won't be forgiven. And if we judge others in a harsh way, then we're going to be judged harshly. This is building our house on sand on a bad foundation. And we don't want to put ourselves in a position where we're not receiving the forgiveness of God, where we're not having the kindness of God and the, the mercy of God come upon us because we're judging harshly. We don't want to do that. But the promise is that if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. The promise is if we judge harshly, we will be judged harshly. And it seems to me that there's a lot of Christians who just simply flat out don't believe those verses. But the reality is that what Jesus said here is true. If you want to participate in forgiveness, then you need to participate in forgiveness. And there's two parts of it. There's the giving of forgiveness and the receiving of forgiveness. And it's a package deal. You give forgiveness and receive forgiveness. You don't get to withhold forgiveness and receive forgiveness. You judge or you fail to judge. You don't judge. You leave it open. We'll talk about that here. And then that allows us to grow and become. These are package deals. We must believe what Jesus says and put it into practice. So let's dig into this plank teaching a little bit more. I just love it. I think it's a fantastic teaching. Let me read verses one and two again. Do not judge or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So this is very important. Do not judge. Too many people think that what it means is to say that it's good to judge something in a positive light. That's not what it means. It means to just not make the call. Don't worry about it. You don't have to figure out who's right and who's wrong and who's good and who's bad. You don't have to deal with that. Don't judge, it says. And there are times to do that. But just in general, we're looking out into this world. Jesus says, don't judge because in the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So if we're going to look out at the world and we're quick to be harsh and quick to find fault, quick to say this is wrong and bad, then what's going to happen to us? If we're quick to believe misinformation and judge people on misinformation, then that's what's going to happen to us. I don't want to, I don't want that. I don't want to be judged on misinformation. I get enough of that here in this life. I don't want that <laughs> to be something that I have to face when I stand before the Lord. I don't want that at all. One of the things when I'm talking about this judging that I think is really interesting is what if you met you, but you didn't recognize you? What would you think of you? That's how you're going to be judged. If you met you and you didn't recognize you and you knew all your faults and your flaws, what would you think of you? That's how we'll be judged. He puts it in our hands. Instead of judging, being quick to judge, instead we want to go back to that James 1.19, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We don't want to judge based on misinformation. We don't want to throw out judgments just willy-nilly. What we want to do is grab hold of truth, take the time to get beyond misinformation and just some Facebook post or something you read on the internet, and you dig in, dig in, find out what's really going on. You don't want to judge with misinformation quickly and unfairly. Because then that opens you up. We want to be quick to listen. That means gather information, slow to speak, 
Don't assume you'll understand everything and know everything. Gather the information and don't become angry. Don't let your heart be darkened by that. So we don't want to judge. We want to withhold judgment. And let's couple that then with Romans 14 verses 12 and 13, because I think the do not judge and this part in Romans, they complete the picture. So Romans 14 verses 12 and 13 says this. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. You know, we're going to bow our knee before God. We're going to face judgment. We're going to face God. All of us must give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, verse 13, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. So what this means is see other people as a work in progress. Don't just judge them and say, no, this person's bad. This person's terrible. This person's this or that and put them in a category and be done with them. Instead, realize that we're all going to have to give an account of ourselves before God. And that's not today. So let's get better and let's help each other get better. So that day turns out to be a good day. So don't judge. Instead, try to help each other grow, help each other rise up, encourage each other. Help each other get to the place where we can be confident on the day of judgment so that we can let one another know, hey, if you don't forgive, you're not going to be forgiven. That's what it says in the word. So let's go ahead and work on our forgiveness skills. You know, let's help each other, not put a stumbling block in one another's way where we justify things. Oh, yeah, they're horrible. Just keep hating them. Just keep holding unforgiveness against them. You know, I don't want somebody telling me that kind of advice. I need to get that stuff out of my heart, get love in my heart, forgiveness in my heart, or I'm going to be in a bad spot. So we want to see ourselves as works in progress, see other people as works in progress, not judge, but realize we're in the middle of the game. The game isn't over yet. Don't call it yet. The game isn't over. We're all works in progress. We don't want to chain people to our judgments, but we want to see each of them as works in progress that God has a plan for, and that maybe we can help. And then how about you see yourself in the same way? A work in progress that God has a plan for, Maybe some other people can help you a little. Maybe you can help yourself. You can step up a little bit. See yourself in that way. A work in progress. Give yourself a little grace. Give other people some grace. Grace to be able to grow and get better. Give yourself that same thing. You're a work in progress too. We're all going to face the Lord. So we want to help each other get to a right place so that we can go before the Lord, trusting in what Christ has done for us, but having confidence on that day. So important rather than just judging. Then Matthew 7, 3 through 5. Let's go through and, and read that again because, man, I just, I love this teaching. Jesus says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I mean, talk about hitting the nail on the head for today's culture. Jesus said this 2,000 years ago, and he's saying, look, you want to complain about everybody else and what they're all doing wrong, and you want to fix them, but you've got all these issues yourself. You've got a plank in your own eye. You want to get a speck of sawdust out of somebody else's eye, but you're walking around with an eight-foot, two-by-six in your eye. I love the picture. That describes our world, this blindly blaming other people pointing the finger, judging. That's just a mess. Sadly, the church is caught up in this as well. 
Reboot means get the plank out of your eye. Quit judging. Quit blaming. Let's get the plank out of our eye. How do we get the plank out? Because isn't that the important thing? How do you get the plank out of your eye? Well, Jesus says, first, take the plank out of your own eye. So he's saying, it's your responsibility. You do it. You take the plank out of your eye. That's what Jesus teaches us. Don't cling to your plank. You know, so many times people have these misunderstandings. They have these prejudices and these judgments in their mind, and they just cling to them. They don't want to get them out of their eye. They don't want to be free from them. They want to hold on to them. I remember uh, some years ago, I was at a preacher conference or something, and they said, uh, they said, make sure you're honest with your congregation about your weaknesses and your flaws and your faults, because they already know, and they'll just be pleased and relieved that you also know. Because guess what? When you're walking around with a plank in your eye, everybody else can see that. It's just very blatant and obvious. We pretend that it's not there just because of our own pride and just act like everything's fine. But it's obvious to everybody else. So we don't want to cling to that plank because when we cling to the plank, when we pretend it's not there, then we end up hitting other people with it. And that's just a disaster. We don't want to be hitting people with our plank. We don't want to also, we don't want to get complacent. We want to get it out. You know, don't just, yep, everybody's got planks. We're just plank-filled people and just leave it in there. We want to get it out. Jesus says, take the plank out of your own eye. He makes you and me responsible for doing this. But thankfully, we also have some help from God. We can trust the Lord to help us take the plank out of our eye. Give us wisdom. We'll read about that back in James 1. But first, I want to talk about something a little serious. These might be the end times. You know, Jesus is coming back. There's the second coming of Christ. Jesus is going to return. There's going to be some tough stuff that happens around that time. We might be in the middle of that tough stuff happening. I don't know. And I'm not going to make any predictions, but I do know this. We must be ready to face persecution. We must be ready to face difficulties and hardships. We must be ready to last through hard things. And I want to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 where the Apostle Paul is talking to the church there in uh, Thessalonica or Thessalonica. This is end times stuff about the return of the Lord and a few things that are associated with that. We're going to read 2 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 10. You can read that whole section if you want, get some more information. But for our purposes, we're going to read 7 through 10. And it says this, For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie and all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth And so be saved. These people perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. This is what happens when the plank is left in your eye for years and years and years. Is you start not wanting to see the truth. You want to reinforce your own truth. The one that you made up and you don't want to deal with actual truth. But we don't want to be in the place where we refuse to love the truth. Sometimes the truth isn't that great. 
You know, sometimes the truth is that I'm wrong and I need to say, I'm sorry. Sometimes that's the truth. I need to love the truth, not pretend I'm not wrong and not say, I'm sorry, and just get all belligerent and prideful. That's going to keep the plank in my eye and it's going to start to rot and fester and it's going to be bad. It's going to be that place of refusing to love the truth. In this day of misinformation, we must love the truth. Even if it's something that isn't that exciting because it's something wrong about us that we need to deal with or whatever it might be, but love the truth. It's vitally, vitally important that we love the truth. We don't want to love the plank more than we love the truth. Let's call on God to help us. And he will. James 1, going back to James 1, let's read uh, verses 5 through 8. Again, there's so many wonderful verses in the scriptures, but this This is a section of scripture that I've used in my own life over and over and over. And it says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So we need to ask God for wisdom. And he will give generously without finding fault. That's one of my favorite parts of that verse, that God will give generously without finding fault. What that means is that, yeah, I'm embarrassed because I was blind and did something stupid, or I hung on to something stupid for years and years. And now I'm finally starting to be aware of that. And I'm all embarrassed. God won't find fault. He's not going to shove it in your face. He'll give us wisdom without finding fault. And that is it's so true. He knows where we're at. He knows the things that we've done wrong. He knows our failures and our weaknesses. And so when we come to him all embarrassed, it's not like it's new information to him. We are just starting to realize the plank and we're working to get it out. And we can go to God for wisdom to help us with that. And he will give us wisdom without finding fault. But we must walk by faith when we do that. We must trust that he is able to do that, to grab hold of the power of God to get the plank out so that we can see clearly to help other people. Do you believe God will give you wisdom without finding fault? Go ask him for wisdom. Don't doubt. Don't worry about it. Ask God for wisdom. So Jesus teaching on the plank, I believe hits all three parts of our vision statement. Reach up to God for help and wisdom. We need to understand what the plank is. And then we usually have another littler plank and then another one grows in this side. We've got to get that plank out. You know, this is a process that we battle through and we can ask God for wisdom to help us. We reach up to God for forgiveness and for wisdom to get these things out so that we can see clearly and then rise up. You know, when we get the the plank out, then we can see clearly we begin to grow. And, you know, by the way, it's not about whether or not you have a plank in your eye because there's just the human condition. We have blind spots. We have these things that, that stop us from being able to see clearly. And so don't pretend you don't have any planks. Instead, just seek the Lord for wisdom to understand what they are because you're the only one who, who thinks you can fake the rest of the world into thinking you don't have any planks in your eye. Everybody else sees it. Just like the preacher, you know, the pastor, everybody can see the fault, any kind of public figure. It's easier to see other people's weaknesses than it is to see your own. They're there. Work to get the plank out. And then reach out. This is the ability to see clearly to get the speck out of your brother's eye. It's us helping. So reach up, rise up, and reach out, I think, are all intertwined 
in this idea of getting the plank out of your eye. So if in 2020, if, if in the past, your focus has started to become on what other people are doing wrong, how messed up this world is, how terrible those people are, all this negative emotion. If that's where you've gotten in 2020, let's reboot, let's reset, let's get the planks out, see clearly, see that people are loved by God, their works in process. And so we don't want to put a stumbling block in their way, but we want to see what's the way I can help. What's the way I can be a blessing and a benefit rather than judging and chaining our judgment onto them and making them stuck in their spot. Instead, let's see them as works in progress. Let's not put a stumbling block in their way. Try to help out as best we can as we're getting the plank out of our own eye. I want to close with Hebrews 4, 12 through 16 is just a super important section of scripture. Again, we're getting some good ones today. I want to read through this, and then I want to put it into practice. It says this, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who, is, who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We can have mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. We can confidently go to the throne of grace because our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ knows what it's like. He came here. He knows the hardships of this life. He knows what it's like to be falsely accused, to be rejected. He knows what it's like to be abused. He knows what it's like to be humiliated publicly and murdered. I mean, he knows the hardships of this life, yet he did not sin. He knows the things that we go through and the temptations that we fall under. And he is able to empathize with us. He is able to love us in the midst of that. And so we can confidently go before the throne of grace. We can approach God without fear because really all those planks are obvious to God. If we go to God and we say, I got this plank in my eye. I've got bitterness in my heart towards this situation. You know, I'm all caught up in strife in this area and we're trying to get the plank out of our eye, but instead we're judging others He already knows that. So we don't have to worry. We can confidently go and say, I know I've got these two planks. Do I have some others? Can you help me? And we can go confidently to the throne of grace. We can receive mercy and grace in our time of need, but we need to go. We need to go there and get it. The help is there. So as we reboot, you know, I can talk and say different things. But I really think it's by connecting with the power of God that that true vision comes. The true heart change comes. The spirit of God comes in us and we get that restart. So let's go before the throne of grace. Let's pray. Let's ask God 
to start us over, to reboot, to help us to see clearly, to try to not put a stumbling block in other people's way, but to be a person who can see others, have compassion for them and try to help, try to lift them up. So let's pray and, and try to get there here right now. So heavenly father, your word says that we can come before your throne of grace with confidence and receive help in our time of need. So Lord, we come to your throne of grace right now. We know you hear us. We know that you understand everything that's going on. You know, And so, Lord, we come before you and we want to see clearly. We want our eyes to be healthy and to be generous. We don't want to judge. We don't want to be stuck in unforgiveness and bitterness. But, Lord, we want to forgive and be forgiven. Lord, we want to not judge, but instead keep from putting a stumbling block in people's way and encourage them. Lord, we want to be like that. We don't want to have planks in our eyes and miss the truth. So, Lord, we come before you and we ask you to to help us remove those planks. Jesus said that, that we need to remove the plank, but, Lord, I believe you help us with that. So give us wisdom. We're seeking wisdom. We're seeking mercy. We're seeking grace. Help us to see so that we can reset for 2021, have the proper vision, see the harvest is plentiful, see the, the work in progress in people's lives, your love for them. And Lord, help us to just be an encouragement and a benefit and a help to those and help us to extend that same grace to ourselves. So Father, bless us in this way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.